This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465. My, but people come and go so quickly here, said Alice. Alice said that, but I have a feeling Bernie is at least thinking it, and so are we. Excelsior. Welcome back, best and brightest. I am Jay Severin. 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. And via Twitter, at J-A-Y underscore S-E-V-E-R-I-N. My but people come and go so quickly here. And though there are explanations, rationalizations uh, for almost everything... Does Bernie Sanders suddenly seem a little older to you? Does he seem a little more enfeebled to you than he did 24 hours ago? And this is really what I mean by people come and go so quickly here, because yesterday Bernie was the revolutionary warrior on the war path to upset Hillary. And what he really, really needed to do, and do you know why? You know why, but most Americans haven't the slightest idea, but you do. And what you know is that though winning California of the six uh, virtually final primaries that occurred yesterday, winning California would have handed Bernie Sanders the biggest possible leverage for which he could possibly hope in making the argument to superdelegates. You see, she's losing everywhere, Bernie would say. She's she's losing everywhere. I'm beating, look at me, look at me. And I'm beating her. You know, I've beaten her in 20 of the last 25 primary elections. The nation's most populist and maybe Democrat state, California, the one that you count on to win presidential elections, the motherload of delegates and and political influence, California, which now, by the way, is a minority major, majority state. I'm still waiting for someone to explain that to me. Oh, I know what it means, but I'm hoping that someone... Smart can explain to me what it really means. Well, what it means in the absence of that uh, explanation is right now, 
white people in the state of California represent a minority of all the people in California. Think about the Beach Boys (laughs) or anything else, and then think about the fact that, that whites are a minority in the state of California, in the United States of America. I remember when I started in radio and I reported on a, a, a Harvard study that uh, that delivered to us for the first time the news in some formal form, that by the year 2030 or so, which at the time seemed so long ago, and I recognize, I appreciate even now that 2030 doesn't seem like next week, but if you're over 40 and or if you've seen something of life and what do i mean when i say that you know you can be over 40 and never seen anything of life but you probably have if you're over 40 you probably have tasted life you've tasted the bitter you've tasted the sweet you've tasted life but it's possible that you haven't you could be a liberal they exist uh Otherwise, by the way, you could be 24 and have already done two tours in Iraq as an Army Ranger. And you will know more about and have tasted life more than maybe any other human being, no matter their age. But if you've tasted something of life, you know that as we sit here, certain things that don't make headlines do make the truth. And the truth is that what Bernie Sanders has done thus far, thus far, I don't bury him yet. Old Bo by the actuarial tables, the guy should be breathing dirt now, but he should be taking the dirt nap now, but... He's not, is he? What Bernie Sanders has done so far, so far, is phenomenal. And he had, see, now I don't know if I can any longer say has. Can can you, is that an honest thing to say? Can we say Bernie has Hillary on the ropes? I don't think so. Bernie had Hillary on the ropes. Bernie's argument was, It was Hillary once upon a time, but that moment has moved. That moment has passed, and if you rely on polls at all, if you you don't, fine, but shut up to me about any polls that show anything if you're just going to tell me about the ones you like. This is Bernie speaking. If you're going to listen to polls, even if just the best couple of them, All of them show me winning the presidency against Trump. And right now, almost all of them show a very uh, plausible prospect that Clinton loses. And so Bernie's argument to the superdelegates is, 
switch your vote. You can do that. You are not otherwise bound. Switch your vote to me and guarantee that we win the presidency. Or keep it with Hillary for reasons of blind loyalty. And we lose. Lose. Well, that was his argument. And clearly the strongest buttress of that argument was Bernie Sanders winning California yesterday. It was always going to be true that Hillary Clinton was going to go over the top yesterday. She did. She has. And by the way, have you noticed that when Donald Trump went over the top, he was called, well, it looks like Donald Trump uh, would have to be called the presumptive, you know, the presumptive Republican, yada, yada, yada. There was no qualifying language in the media. The journalists had a taste for precision of language only when it involved Trump. Oh, he is the presumed nominee of the... The minute Hillary won, there were jehornalistic orgasms, universal, and everyone dispensed with the technical language. Nowhere did I see or hear that Hillary is the presumptive... No, Hillary instantly became... Oh, it's so exciting. The first woman major candidate for president of the United States. I, you know, I could tell you which I think is appropriate, which I think is professionally appropriate. But you know what? It doesn't matter, does it? You know it doesn't matter. It ought to matter. But what really matters is, is there parity? Are you using the same words to describe the same circumstance? If you are not, then you are effing up, intentionally or otherwise. When the same crime with exactly this, this is not a crime, I'm just saying, when the same event occurs on two different street corners in the same city at the same moment, and the circumstances the surface circumstances of those crimes are exactly the same, and yet the two stories are reported vastly differently, then what you've got here is a mistake. You've got an error. You've got someone doing their job uh, wrong. And what you've got here is a national media that is falling all over themselves trying to find ways to qualify what Trump really is trying to make it sound like, well, don't worry, he's not really, you know, I mean, he's kind of, he won the number of delegates, but that doesn't mean he hasn't been nominated yet. You have to wait for the convention. And none of that heart-rending, soul-searching, uh, surgical minutia of rhetoric or sentiment was applied when it came to Hillary Clinton. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's the first... And, and all of this, by the way, all of this, merely because Hillary Clinton got lucky. She decided to present yesterday as a woman. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network.
This is the Jay Severin Show. Doug Schoen is the brightest uh, and rapier-like political mind uh, now working in politics anywhere in the world. And that has been true for the last 30 years. We met when Doug was still in Harvard Law School. He's a, a summa Harvard, Harvard Law School graduate. Doug was one of the most influential voices in polling and then in political strategy while he was still in school. He has since advised, as now he does, captains of industry and heads of state all over the world, the best political mind in politics. Uh, And uh, if you see him on Fox every night, and sorry, every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, he usually goes off at about 7.30 Eastern with Harris Faulkner. You'll know why. What you won't know why is why they let anyone else speak uh, when Doug is on the show, because the show is good. It's like Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now. When Duvall is on the screen, it's a great movie. When he's off the screen, it's a good movie. Uh, My dear friend, we are as close as two heterosexual men can be, as we've described it. We have uh, shared uh, uh, season hockey tickets. My dear friend, welcome, and please forgive me for the provision of a wrong number wasting your precious time. No, you, you wait. never waste my time, Jay. The only thing that uh, sometimes wastes the time is listening to some of the rhetorical excess from the candidates for president on both sides of the aisle. Let's get to which. Now, so I can manage our time, are you going to be able to stay beyond the bottom of the hour break? Or no, I'm is sorry, our... I can't. Okay. Okay. So let's quickly. The Associated Press last night pulled a Jimmy Carter, you know, I quit while there were people standing in line in California, some people say. Did the announcement by the Associated Press that Hillary has it wrapped up suppress... Uh, or depress the vote for either candidate, do you think? And if so, to what effect? Yeah, good question, Jay. I think it was the Bernie vote, if anything, that was suppressed. Because if you looked at the California results, Secretary Clinton vastly exceeded the final poll numbers. And in every state except North Dakota, she won a either narrow or comfortable victory. I have to believe at least some of that had to do with the fact that the AP crowned her the nominee the day before the final primaries. Doug, how damaging to, presuming that he had an argument, how damaging to Bernie's argument uh, was the loss of California? I think it's critically important to his argument to have won and very damaging not only to have lost, but lost pretty big. Um, I think it undermines his credibility, that he's the people's choice, that uh, the voters were on his side, even though Secretary Clinton got more both pledged delegates and uh, popular votes. So I think it was a, a really a, a, a metaphorical knife through his heart. Doug, will Trump continue? Sorry, withdraw, rephrase and withdraw. Will, sure. uh, will, will, the, will the nature and magnitude of challenge, such as it may be, to Donald Trump for the nomination and then internally afterward, do you think that's going to be staged by Republican uh, leaders? Or is, 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 mostly their, is mostly their marching order, let's hold our heads, hope for the best, and do what we can for them and ride it out? Or do you think there's still a substantial 
uh, group within the Republican Party that wants to find a way to kill him, wound him, I, you know, replace yeah, I him think politically. He makes more mistakes like he did with the Mexican, Mexican judge comment. The knives will come out and people will be out to get him. In the absence of that, I think they realize dumping him will be very, very tough. Probably not impossible, but very, very tough and would create more chaos necessarily than I might avoid. So I think Trump will be the nominee. I think Hillary will be the nominee. I think it'll be a close race. And also think it'll be a race to the bottom. Uh, Doug Schoen, could the Democrats in the current circumstance of Civic Circus Maximus, all things given, could the measured Democrat response within this rather wild political environment be two women on the ticket? Uh, it could, though I doubt it will be. I don't think I doubt it would Warren be. I doubt it would be with, salutary. I don't think it'll be salutary. I also don't think it's going to happen. I think okay. with somebody okay. like Sherrod Brown as vice president. Uh, of Ohio, yes. The yeah. FBI primary, has it been canceled? I don't think it's been canceled. I think Secretary Clinton is hoping that her big victory will make it harder or more difficult for the FBI and the attorney general to go forward with any charges. But as a lawyer, and you were kind enough to repeat my academic credentials, but as a lawyer, I think it's a close legal question as to whether there is any culpability of the secretary or her staff. So we will see. I don't think it's a matter that has been uh, certainly fully resolved. Doug, also in law, is there not a larger question here of prosecutorial discretion in its highest form? And that is that they may have sat in a room and said, look, this is essentially a political question. Let the election decide this, not the courts. I think there is a good chance that that would be uh, what happens. So I don't think it's going to be put that way because Comey himself. No, no. But I mean, in essence. But as, in essence, yeah, I think. There's a good reason to believe that it's certainly what the president of the United States attitude is based on what he said publicly more than a couple of times. He sort of said no national security breach. What's the big deal? Trump, it seems to me, needs to make this a civic circus maximus every day in order to win. But it's got to be a certain kind of circus. And people have trouble understanding that difference. A lot of, even in politics, people have trouble understanding. What do you see Trump as having, what, what most crucial line is Trump having to walk in order to do both A and B, which are seemingly incompatible with each other? Um, I think he's got to focus on the economy and a vision going forward, particularly about job creation, and also to make the case, as he's apparently going to do in his Monday speech, that Secretary Clinton is effectively disqualified because of integrity and trust issues from the White House. It's essentially an attack campaign from here on, Doug? That's what I think. I think ultimately it'll be a race to the bottom. I make the, I make the Secretary of State, Jay, the favorite, and a narrow favorite. Uh, and a lot a of it has favorite. to do, I take it, with, with Trump's own behavior. Yeah, and and you know it's uh, you're, you, again you couldn't be more right. If Trump is able to discipline himself, I think it could be a very close. Doug, my apologies. Yep. I'm yep. not going to let you get cut off mid sentence. Thank you. Come back soon. Jay.
I'm Jay Severin, not Seaborn, though it feels that way often. 1-888-900-3393. Had he the right telephone number, we would uh, have been speaking to Doug Schoen uh, for half an hour rather than 10 minutes. Uh, he's only the most important possible guest in American media other than the two candidates uh, today. And in terms of actually knowing things, learning things that you can't learn anywhere else, he is a more important guest than either of the two candidates. So we got about a third of what uh, Doug offered. Uh, All I can hope is that he is not uh, too frustrated or perhaps insulted by the experience to consider um, rejoining us. And believe me, I'm going to have a word with the hamsters uh, running around in those wheels uh, in engineering that, uh, that make this all go, that, uh, that, that deprived me of two-thirds of my time with Doug and you, by the way. All right. You, you heard the smartest analyst in the political world uh, tell us a couple of things, uh, and I know that your, uh, your curiosities were on that list, and if they weren't, I will presume to take a crack at what they are in Doug's absence. But the first thing you heard Doug Schoen say is that Bernie not winning California yesterday was a stab in the back to his candidacy, to his rationale for a continuing candidacy. That is to say, Bernie Sanders pleading, and that's what I mean as a legal term, his pleading, his argument, to the superdelegates that they need to change their votes to him, to Bernie, because Hillary was collapsing. And there would have been no more compelling evidence of that collapse than his winning California, stealing it from Hillary Clinton out from underneath her enormous buttocks. Uh, and, And what remains are the enormous buttocks, uh, but also what remains is California in the win column of Hillary Clinton. So Bernie's argument is crippled. And we've been discussing this for a couple of weeks, but I do admit that uh, it feels a little better to have it validated by uh, what I regard as the finest political mind in politics. So, yeah, it hurt Bernie. And what's interesting, and what, because I took a couple of days off, what we did not have a chance to discuss was the, uh, because it it just happened 
so quickly, and that was the Associated Press decided on <coughs> on their own, you think? The Associated Press, which has long been a water carrier for the Clintons. Well, they, what they've been carrying for the Clintons is not actually water. What's in those jugs? Water. Whoa, sure doesn't smell like water. The Associated Press, who have been foul water carriers for the Clintons for a long time, decided that hours before the final vote in the six remaining primaries, but particularly aimed at California, would come the headline, It's over. Hillary wins it. Now, there haven't been a lot of studies done on this. I've always believed there don't need to be a lot of studies done on this. But the example that Doug Schoen and I just discussed, uh, we here together discussed, was when Jimmy Carter conceded defeat to Ronald Reagan when the polls were still open and going to be open for several more hours in California. The studies done of that phenomenon yielded the obvious, and that was that maybe as many as a million people, maybe more, on their way to the polls or standing in line at the polls learned mid-flight that their candidate had lost. And so they turned around, went home. They didn't they they left line. They walked out of line. They went home. They went out to dinner. They went and had a beer because it was over. Deriving from that experience came laws, actual laws, not guidelines, laws that ordered the media to no longer announce that's where all of these regulations come from about exit polls and, you know, we can't tell you anything until the polls close and we can hint at this, but we can't say that. All of this came from the time that Carter went on TV out of sheer personal peak and said, all right, all right, that idiot Reagan won. You know, you idiots voted for him. I did what I could. If you're going to, you know, elect an idiot like this, you know, you have only yourself to blame. Great. So he went on and got to vent his spleen. The essential response to which was a million or more voters didn't turn out (laughs) because they were told it was over. All right. Uh, On just before Tuesday's vote, the Associated Press, the chief uh, curator of of media news in this country sent out to all of its thousands of newspapers, radio stations, everybody that runs Associated Press stories, and at everybody else reported what the AP was reporting, which is uh, it's over. You know, Hillary's got the number of delegates, so essentially, what happens from this point on doesn't matter. So my question, my first question to Doug Schoen was, was this a case of the media announcing news which had an immediate suppressive effect on the vote? And if so, 
whose vote did it suppress or depress, and to what effect? And the answer, mine and Doug's, uh, is it did suppress the vote. It may have suppressed the vote on both sides, but it certainly more hurt Bernie. Because whereas Hillary Clinton would have liked to add to her advantage by winning California, she didn't need to. Bernie's voters not voting, however many Bernie voters did not vote because they were told in advance it's too late. Hillary's already won the nomination. That was like going into a hospital patient's room and ripping the wires out of the life-sustaining machinery in the intensive care unit. That tore the heart out of what was left of the Bernie Sanders campaign, at least as it existed during campaign season. Well, primary, sorry, primary campaign season. Because primary campaign season is over. The primaries are over. I know, I know, except for Washington, D.C. As I say, the primaries are over. The primary season is finally over. Whether you regard that with joy or vaguely with a little bit of disappointment, primary season is over. And it ended one day too soon for Bernie Sanders because he needed, he needed He needed, did Bernie, for voters to believe that if they gave him California, he would still have an argument. He'd still have a case to make to the superdelegates, to the party. And now, we don't know whether he'll make such a case. Bernie Sanders has scheduled a press conference at the Burlington Airport tonight. That would be Burlington, Vermont. I've actually flown in and out of there. And you might ask, what would explain ever flying in and out of the Burlington Airport? There are only two possible legitimate explanations. One is to do something of a mountaineering nature. The other one would be you may have been in love with the most beautiful undergraduate at uh, Middlebury College who ever lived. And that was one of the ways you needed to get there when you were a graduate student in Boston. I'm just thinking out loud here. It could could be one of the reasons. Um, It's been a very bad couple of days for Bernie. The question we have here... Uh, perhaps you share with me, is does anyone feel the burn? Because if you feel the burn right now, you probably need a penicillin shot. This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. one 888 
1-888-900-3393. Closing out a review of Doug Schoen's remarks to us in the first segment of the show, uh, Bernie looks moribund. Uh, Trump may be challenged for the nomination, but most of the Republican leadership is probably saying, this is our fate. How do we make uh, chicken soup or chicken salad out of chicken shite? Um, Two Democrats, two women Democrats on the ticket. A woman running mate for Clinton. Doug Schoen says no. Would not be politically wise, thus is very unlikely to happen. FBI. Unlikely to happen, according to Doug Schoen. State of the campaign. He makes he makes Donald Trump a slight favorite. Imagine that. You know, imagine I actually heard a colleague of mine whom I was given to understand had been bussing on me for shilling for Trump, though I've never endorsed Trump. And and so rather than get into all kinds of, you know, I'm, I'm happy to hear from you if you can clarify, but rather than breaking down all kinds of uh, obscure terminology, uh, all I know is what the person being accused of See, I never believed, I still don't believe, was me, because I never said or did any of those things. I just can't figure out whom else the person may have been referring to. Yet, the person doing the referring, I heard say this week that she or he is probably going to vote for Trump. Which is, you know, fine. I just... um, Look, I'm accustomed to being there first, fast, and smartest, um, and most humbly. I, I, it's a, it's a sensation to which I am accustomed. So I certainly harbor no ill, no illin. I just watch, bemused, as as the years go by, and. I continue to get this stuff right. Two minutes. And it's okay. People either learn from their mistakes or they don't. That includes everybody, even me. So, so we have Doug Schoen saying that he thinks Donald Trump is a slight favorite right now, right now at this minute in this race. And what that says to me is that He also says it's a negative campaign from here on out, a race to the bottom. Now, look, I won't pretend one of the reasons that I am eager to have Doug on is principally because it affords me an opportunity. We don't do guests here because we don't need them. But need is on the basis of need. Need for me is, is there someone who can tell us something that we don't know is there someone who could tell me something i don't know 
Is there someone who knows the subject matter better than I? Doug Schoen does and can tell us things we don't know. That's why I always it's always a joy to have Doug on. It's a further joy because I know we fundamentally agree on these things. Doug is a lifelong liberal. 30. Doug's a commie, and you know, he knows I love him, and he knows I call him that. And as I say, we're closest as two straight men can be sharing seasoned hockey tickets. But the fact is, we, we, we couldn't, our votes have never been the same for any office ever. But our analyses of the campaign dynamics are. And at least you're getting both sides here. You know, like Hillary is. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Excelsior! Welcome back. I say welcome back. Those of you listening on the Blaze Radio Network, if you're if if your uh, tin can on which you're listening may touch up against another metal object, it it may compromise the broadcast. Also, if the string between your tin can and the other string to which it's attached or the other tin can to which it's attached is compromised, this is not in it for any reason. I'll just speak more loudly. Welcome back. I am Jay Severin. one 888 There is a question among, uh, and there aren't a lot of Bernie people here, so I'm not, I've said about as much about Bernie as I'm going to say until you call to commandeer the ship and say Bernie things. Or ask Bernie things. That's fine. I'm interested. I'm just not, you know, I'm just not as interested as I was when he was still a factor in American politics. And as of right now, Bernie looking like he's a factor in American politics is not looking real good. Kind of like the moment in the paper chase uh, when the professor played so splendidly by John Houseman calls a student down to the well of the uh, amphitheater, the lecture amphitheater, and says, I I can't try to do Houseman. Uh, He says, here is a dime. Call your mother. Tell her there is a very great doubt about your becoming a lawyer. Bernie, here is a... I don't know when is the last time I made a call from a public phone booth. Well, there are no more booths, are there? I can't remember the last time I made a call from a public phone using m- m- coinage. So I don't know what it costs now. But I'll guess. 
Bernie, here is $7.75 in quarters. Call your mother. Tell her there is a very great doubt as to your becoming president of the United States or nominee of the Democrat Party. The, I have a question. Ought superdelegates be counted before they are counted? You know that by law, superdelegates are supposed to be secret and silent until the votes are cast at the convention. Only then are we really supposed to know who the superdelegates are and, and for whom they're voting. But in the rush to be able to say that Hillary is the first trans candidate uh, ever uh, for the Democrat Party, and I would certainly argue that, uh, that's right, Gary Johnson's running as a libertarian, I forgot, but uh, you know, I, I, would, I would think that you need to look carefully at this first and ask, should they have counted the superdelegates? Because that's what they did. In order to announce that Hillary had it in the bag before the last six states voted, and I think that's a, that's a disservice to the American public, I believe. I, don't, I think it does no one no good to announce when there's... How do those people in those states feel? who take this seriously. These people in these states were excited this year or they've never been excited. Can I get that much? Can I get an amen on that? If you live in New Jersey or California, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, New Mexico, if if you weren't excited about this year's vote, then you don't get excited because this is a year when it was coming right down. So many things meant something coming right down to the wire. Your vote mattered. And all of a sudden, the Associated Press announces it's over. Hillary's got it. Well, in order to say that, they had to go ferret out. And do I mean ferret? They had to go ferret out the Democrat superdelegates and get them to say off the record, yeah, I'm a superdelegate and I'm, and I'm going to vote for Hillary. I'm not saying what they did. certainly not saying what they did was illegal, but... I have a great problem with the spirit of what they did. It 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 deprived it it deprived it stole from the people in these final six voting states their vestiture. It stole from them their sense of of having a stake in this campaign. I think that's wrong. I think that's wrong. Everyone deserves to, you know, the AP can't shut up for a day and let people have their vote. And again, I'm not saying suppress news. What I am saying is don't go question superdelegates who are supposed to be super duper, super secret and ask them their votes. Don't do that. Let the votes taken on the record so far be reported. That's fine. And you know what? If if Hillary or anybody else was over the top with delegates they won in primaries prior to the final six states voting, 
then that's that. That is what it is. But you don't need to go dig up the super duper secret super delegates and, you know, count votes that have yet to be cast because Hillary hasn't won anything. Neither is Trump. That's why I keep saying, I, you know, I plan to vote for my party, what's left of it, my party's nominee, but my party doesn't have a nominee. My party won't have a nominee until I see this. The delegates having voted in accordance with the laws of the guidelines, regulations of the Republican National Committee, hereby the vote having been counted and verified, do declare that the nominee of the Republican Party for the Office of President of the United States in the year 2016 is Donald Trump. When that happens, my party has a nominee. That hasn't happened. And it hasn't happened. Neither has it happened on the Democrat side. So Fox said last night, Hillary Clinton is on the verge of capturing a job Did I give you the phone number? I can feel you. I know, I know. I don't know who quite it is yet. I can't feel that. But I know someone's wanting to call in and does not have the number at their, at the tips of their fingers. Uh, Shame on you. The number is 1-888-900-3393. Fox said last night, that Hillary Clinton is on the verge of capturing a job she has wanted since she was a little girl. I'll repeat that. She's on the verge of capturing a job she's wanted since she was a little girl. Since she was a little girl? I didn't realize this has been a very, very long time. How long has it been since Hillary was a little girl? Whoa, you're talking archaeology here. You're talking paleontology. You're talking great archaeological digs. Since she was a little girl? Oh, man, break out the calculator. Okay, but I would never, I would never joke about that. Uh... Bridge, are you telling me it's time to shut up for a moment? Yes. Bridge is telling me it's time to shut up for a moment. I'm going to shut up for a moment. The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It's the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Pity to have your life's work culminate in a particular event and have it deprived you, even though you're trying to do everything you know how to do to continue to be engaged in that life's work. And I speak, of course, of 
Bernie Sanders, who I believe is about to be deprived, well, and that's putting it very kindly, uh, Bernie Sanders has failed to earn, and maybe that's true in other cases, too, to which I could apply this dynamic. Uh, Bernie has failed to earn the right to continue in this campaign. And I don't know that it's really more complicated than it could be. You know, it's always a personal circumstance, Uh, but it could be not more complicated than that. It could be like people on TV or radio who need to get votes. Votes are (coughs) ratings, audience. If you don't get ratings, you lose the right to speak. Uh, You know, not First Amendment loss, but you lose the right to be paid to speak. And Bernie needs votes. And if he doesn't get votes, he loses the right to speak for people because not enough people believe they speak for him. It's really not more complicated than that. I mean, it can be. Uh, it can be. Believe me. But in, in, in Bernie's case, at least, I'm not, I'm not sure it is. Well, by the way, the furor about, uh, I'm not sure there'll be any furor about Bernie, but about the president, Obama, wait, wait till you get a load of Obama on the road here. Oh, he can't wait to hit. You will never, you've never seen a president hit the road more forcefully, more politically, more cynically, more negatively. Attack. It doesn't matter. Hillary doesn't need to pick an attack dog to put on her ticket. First of all, you don't need two dogs on the ticket, with apologies to my female dogs. You don't need two on a ticket, especially when you've got Obama. Obama's happy to be to violate every rule of presidential decorum and be the attack dog for the, the Hillary campaign. Oh, he is. Jenny from San Diego. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, Jenny. Hey. Welcome, honey. Thank you. So. I wanted to know about the conventions this summer. I think they're going to be crazy on both sides. Uh, Yes. As a matter of fact, the Republican convention could look like something which is ancient history to you, but in which I actually uh, took part. Uh, And and that is the Chicago convention of 1968, because the... Um, the Democrat convention could be upset from within, probably not from without, though it's possible. The Republican convention is going to be upset from without. And that, that too could be upset from within. You know, there could be a fight, who knows, you know, over Trump, over ballots, over delegates, over all that. But Jenny, I, I think that the hashtag movements of every hashtag uh, denotation are going to descend like the locusts they are on, where is it, cleavage uh, for the Republican (laughs) convention. I think there are going to be, let's just call them riots uh, during the Republican convention. I think so. I think the the coverage on the media is going to be like political Olympics. Sure. 
No, great point. Also, it's wonderful for them because there's no downside. The networks can cover the riots at the Republican convention and say, see, it's rioting at the Republican convention and it's all Donald Trump's fault. See, because it plays right into their narrative. Like the people in the streets, they're just expressing their First Amendment rights against a fascist dictator in in waiting, Donald Trump. So they, they get to tell a story. You know, they, it's, a, it's, a, it's a passion play for them. It, it, it's almost religious. And so there's a right side, a wrong side, and they get to cover it. Oh, Jenny, they're going to love it. Absolutely. And they're probably going to use it to cover that they're going to have issues on their side, too. Of course. Of course. I think that Bernie yeah, is sticking they, around and he's going to push the platform that he wants to. And I think he's going to keep pushing Hillary into a box. And he's got kind of the mob side of the Democratic Party with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great point. And, of course, it, it, it begs the question that I can't answer. And I, I could have asked Doug today, but Doug's already – I've already spoke with Doug, and he said uh, that we'll, we'll, he'll call again next week. And one of the things that I'll ask him in your behalf is, is the question you beg. It's the all-important question um, that nobody, probably not even Doug Schoen, can answer. And that is, what does Bernie want? You know, if Bernie can be bought off with X or Y or Z, then Bernie will finally go away and he'll support Hillary. The question is always, like any negotiation, the question is going to be, Jenny, what, what's the nature and magnitude of what Bernie wants? And is it something that, that, that the Clinton people feel they can get, you know, they're in a position of strength, so maybe they feel they can give up almost anything and it really doesn't matter. As long as, you know, Hillary's the nominee and they can control the message, whatever they put in the party platform, traditionally, no one gives a flying shite about what's written down in the, in the party platform. I have a hunch what Bernie wants. What? I think he's reliving his old activist days, and I think it's the thrill. Well, good for him. <laughs> you know, I don't. I find that hard. I mean, I find everything about him objectionable in terms of his beliefs. But anyone yeah. who wants to relive the best part of their lives, and if that is political activism, and suddenly you find yourself all of a sudden again relevant, um. Jenny, let me liken it this way. If I were to suddenly regress to a time in my life when I walked into a room and college girls noticed, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> you know, I mean, I wouldn't expect anyone to me to begrudge me that. I mean, it's you know, I, I'm not hurting anyone. Um, but, but I did, and I'd enjoy it a lot. Um, and that's what Bernie's doing. Bernie spent his entire life howling at the moon about this stuff. And he hung in there long enough that all of a sudden he walks in the room and United States senators notice. And he's you know, been and taking a nap millions. in the Senate for years. I'm sorry. He's been taking naps in the Senate for years. And finally people are listening. 
Well, it pays off, Jen. He's now got the energy to do what he's doing now. But the bonus is <laughs> that not only senators notice when Bernie walks in the room, college girls notice when he walks in the room. And I'm not sure there's that anything more to it than that. But, you know, sorry, Bernie. <laughs> I mean, you never know. Hey, you never know. You know, some 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 girls do have a have this older man thing going on. And I just mean, Jenny, to be on the record right here and now. I want to be very clear about this. I'm for it. I think it's a great idea. Uh, Of course, unless it involves anyone I love, then it would be, you know, a sick perversion. But uh, Bernie is reentering a stage of his life or did for a little while. It could be over tonight. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, folks, I have a serious streaming problem on my end. I'm hearing uh, uh, almost like uh, like hip-hop here, uh, breaks and streams of the show. If you are, uh, let us know. If you're not, then I can live with it uh, until we get it fixed. I just wanted our crew to know. Meanwhile, let's, uh, let's try to test this further and improve the show. Can't beat that with a stick. David from Florida, thank you for your patience. Jay, good afternoon. Good afternoon, David. You sound fine. Oh, good. I was uh, concerned about that. Hey, um, you said something, I think, yesterday about how you're a – you know politics. You've been advising on politics for forever. And and that struck a chord with me because that's what I follow. And I – because I can't figure out government. And government frustrates me to no end. Um. But the whole reason I think I, I think Bernie's already shown his hand, and Hillary's made it, hints of it when she's pandering to uh, his followers, um, these young, inexperienced uh, people that are whelps. Yeah, and 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 I think the the thing that I see uh, is now uh, you heard Trump just the other day. He's pandering now to all the disenfranchised Bernie voters, you know, and I, I travel for a living and I, tra- I I was on 115 flights last year. I work for a construction company and mm-hmm. I, I see people of all sorts of walks of life and, you know, old, young, everybody in between and people, I think. Both Bernie and Trump have tapped into these things, and they're kicking the can, changing the platform. Look what Trump has done to the uh, Republican Party. Uh, he's going he's gonna to make it okay or sell the fact that single-payer health care is okay, and that's going to happen. And he's making it okay that certain parts of Planned Parenthood are okay. And Bernie's doing the same thing, exposing the socialism that the – the progressive agenda on both sides is moving down the field. And 
the minorities that you and I and your audience and, you know, all the other talk, you know, the, the, the right wing mm-hmm. establishment radio that I, I'm a junkie of, you know, I listen to everybody. Um, and so when it doesn't surprise me at all that, you know, we, we hear about California and, 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 you know, the minority population of, I mean, that's the country. Florida has been a melting right. pot of this forever. David, the thing I wish you would consider, and I'm listening very carefully to what you're saying, evidence of which is early on in your statement, you said, look at what Trump has done to the Republican Party. Now, this is not an attack on or criticism of what you said there. I'm noting it. I'm underscoring it here with a yellow marker because... If I were reading it for a law school class, this is a phrase I would want to remember. A lot of what you said derives from, look at what Trump has done to the Republican Party. And then you went on to describe all these phenomena. And I know you didn't mean to say he has produced or generated or originated all of those things. But I'd like to return to that statement, which I think is a key part of your of your testimony, which is look at what Trump has done to the Republican party. And David, I wonder, and I ask you, and I'm again, I'm not, there's no trick question here. I'm not trying to be cute. It it really did strike me. And my question for you is, as we go back and look over what you, what you said is, has Trump done anything to the Republican party or did almost (laughs) all of these things, or did almost all of these things pre-occur Trump's arrival? Exactly. Yeah, I I misspoke there. Is Trump Trump recognizing and exploiting? It's almost like a business deal, right? Like like an aide to Trump comes in and says, I found these neighborhoods, you know, in Shanghai that are, you know, a block away Little hovels are selling for a million dollars a square foot, and 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 the land value is creeping every, you know, month. Another block becomes worth a billion dollars, where it was a junk ghetto a month earlier. You know, I'm making this up as we go along, right? And the aide right. comes in and says, "Take a look at this." And so Trump comes in and and says, "Okay, buy up fifty blocks all right. around." This rising tide, you know, in Shanghai. So we say, look what Trump did to Shanghai. Well, right. you know, yeah. I mean, later in five years, w- w- that statement will be more technically valid because we'll say, look what he did. But given the opportunity, you know, he looked at the opportunity and said, well, I could take this over, you know, and make it work um, for good or ill. That's a different story. And I wonder. Mm-hmm. Going back again to your very important linchpin statement, look what Trump's done to the Republican Party. And I wonder if we oughtn't put up our antennae here, David, and say, has he done anything to the Republican Party other than the example I just gave? Has he not just moved in in, in, the, in the way of a, of a takeover, hostile or otherwise, and sort of looked at a almost business-like opportunity and said, this thing has already become X, and I can take X and form it 
to be myself. You know, I'm not sure he did it. I think he just recognized it and is exploiting it. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I can, uh, I totally can see that and concur. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I'm not sure at all about that, but I, do you buy it as a plausible point of view? Oh, absolutely. I mean, he, he, he's an opportunist, and, and he does very well at that sort of business dealings. You know, being a, and that's not I, all I, bad. No, it's not all bad. I'm, I, I just, I'm concerned about the law, the rule of law, Constitution, Bill of Rights. You know, I'm a constant. I don't even like to. I mean, it's like word fundamental. The word fundamental is poisoned. Uh, the, the the word conservative is getting to a point that no, it's poisoned, poisoned because it you're is. you're getting lumped into this establishment. What is? And I mean, for me, it's progressivism. It's on both sides. And and yes, this is the the GOP establishment. Um, problem, and they've allowed this to happen over the what they've done nothing of to combat the, the current administration or regime of of progressivism. And well, that is certainly true, and as important as anything you said, in my humble view, they have done yeah. nothing. And the Republican Party, the Rhino Ryan's of the world, the Mitch McConnells of the world, they have been perfectly uh. happy to do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And they, what they didn't realize is that in science, nothing begets nothing. But in <laughs> politics, you know, politics abhors a vacuum. And when you do nothing in politics, you're going to get spontaneous generation. You're going to get an unfriendly gas that's going to move to fill that vacuum. There's no such thing as nothing in politics. If you don't move to shape, form, and organize around a point of view, there's no such thing as closing off the phones for 20 years. You know, Ronald Reagan leaves office. Most people identify themselves as Reaganites. Great. Let's close down the phones. Okay, you close down the phones. When you open the phones again, you're going to find that everyone in the country is something else. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 I, 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 I'm 47. I'm concerned. I'm a, I'm a concerned American. I don't recognize my country. I got a six year old to a 12 year old, three children, bless, uh, bless. a daughter who's nine. And it's I'm just I'm I'm gravely concerned for for them and my grandchildren. I, and, I couldn't agree more. And now that I've entered one of the first phases of that. Um, I, I see the influence, and we've had as strong a family influence on our firstborn as we could possibly have, and it's been as mutually loving, and, and I just I thank the gods every day. Um, but I can see the, and have seen in the last couple of years, I see the influence of outside the house, you know, of a culture that doesn't belong to this house or this family mm. creeping mm. in and becoming mm-hmm. a factor in the formation. Uh, I hope not of the character, maybe only of the perceptions, but I'm also probably kidding myself. You know, I mean, let's face it. We can do so much, but then outside the family, the popular culture is out there. It's like germs. They're everywhere. And you could try to wash your hands and you wash your hands, 
But, you know, <laughs> it doesn't mean you don't get the flu and colds. Right. Now we just stay Can on you hear that? My neighbor is shooting skeet again. I, I, this is a true story. I hope it's my neighbor shooting skeet. I hope it's not some <laughs> drunk and it's the opening of elk season or something. And I'm about to have hey, a that's... 30 aught six round come through the studio window here. You know, you never hear the shot that kills you. Hey, but those if that's the kind of neighbor you're going to have, that's okay. Basically speaking, yes. Although he sometimes likes to do it at first light. And I have no objection to that unless maybe it's a Sunday morning. And then I want to turn it from skeet shooting into a uh, a rifle event, house to house. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hatfield and McCoy. David, I must go. I thank you for your contribution and utter reasonableness. Um, I think you have said some important things. If I were smarter, I would have understood more of them. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope you can't hear this. I mean, I, I, I'm supposed to have a, a soundproof studio, not proof, but almost such that these things don't bleed through. But if I shut up for a moment, I'm persuaded you will hear the sound of my next door neighbor. Now, it helps that my next door neighbor is a quarter mile away, but... He likes to shoot skeet at odd hours, and maybe I'm being kind. Maybe maybe he likes to shoot off his back deck for other reasons. I, I don't know. Maybe we're taking – are we – does anyone – anyone see in the news the Chinese army has landed at Cape Cod? I mean, are we taking small arms fire? Should I be returning fire? I don't know what's going on. I just, for now, I hope the broadcast is not uh, compromised. So today, as you may have noticed in last night, I think the furor about Trump's remarks about the judge peaked. And this is my prediction and analysis to you. I think it's over. It's not over, over. And this one is going to leave a bruise. Oh, that's going to be orange tomorrow. Yeah, this one's going to be orange next week. But last night, the furor continued. Tuesday night, Trump said, unfortunately, my comments were misconstrued. That's as close to an apology as Trump has ever gotten. My comments were misconstrued. He also said, I will not further discuss this issue. Good luck with that. Hey, good luck with that. If you figure out how to do that, if you're a candidate and you could figure out how to refuse discussing something the press is unified, obsessed about. I'm going to, I'll be the student here. You be the teacher. Uh, I'm interested. I want to watch this one. You, let's see you do this. Good luck on that. Senator Jeff Flake of Arizona, uh, with whom I have no truck, Two minutes. does not surprise me. Jeff Flake jumped out to say, Look at the new Trump, same as the old Trump. He cannot win. 
this could spur a movement to challenge him at the convention for his nomination or otherwise from within the party. Uh, Illinois, quote, Republican, end quote, uh, U.S. Senator Mark Kirk said, I cannot and will not support the nominee of my party if it is Donald Trump. Rhino Ryan, uh, a week after endorsing Donald Trump, said, this is as close to textbook racism as there is. I tweeted furiously last night about something I should have left myself more time for today and will take more time for tomorrow. There is, like anything worth paying attention to, multi-dimensions to this. What Trump said is not racist. That is, if I were to say to you, right now and for tomorrow, when I'll bring it up again, present me, present us with evidence that anything that Donald Trump has said or done constitutes racism. More particularly, anything having to do with his statements related to this judge. Bring me, call me, I'm begging you, call me, tweet me, present to us any evidence that what Trump said is racist or racism. You can't. Try it. I dare you. I lovingly dare you. The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website, powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-215-0465. That's 800-215-0465.